Well, hi, and welcome to the Vote Her podcast, because when you vote, great things can happen. I'm Mara Davis, media maven, talent booker, political enthusiast, and I am just ready to get into it with the ladies right now. Man, I am Jen Jordan, and I am feeling like... This year is going to be awesome, so I am feeling good, um, and I am ready to talk some down and dirty politics. I am Terry Anulowitz, State Representative for House District 42, and I am really excited for the Year of the Dragon because I was born in the Year of the Dragon, and let's we're going to do it. It's going to be good. Oh yeah, Year of the Dragon. Okay, so that does feel sort of appropriate with. all the new maps in Georgia and everything <laughs> that, that is, is a changing. very odd transition, like dragons <laughs> to redistricting. But go ahead, go for it, Mara. Continue on well, with, with that segue. Yeah. Let me say, there's a lot of fire breathing, a uh, lot of peacocking, okay, okay, okay. a lot of things that are like surreal. Okay, um, okay. And I'm a lot it. of things that are fantasy. <gasps> How about this? A lot of things that are very like Game of Thrones in terms of who will survive. Oh, it's so funny. I was thinking about Game of Thrones last week. I told my husband, I was like, when all the dust settles from all the maps, there are certain people who I have on my list and they're not going to know when and they're not going to know where. And they might not even know it was me. But before I leave this earthly plane, I'm going to be like the old lady. I'll be like, tell him it was me. (laughs) It has some things that she really needs to um, process and deal with in terms of her anger surrounding the maps. But but the update is she really shouldn't. And why is that, Terry? Please tell our listening audience why you are the luckiest human being on the face of the earth. So close listeners know that during the redistricting special session back in November and early December, the Republicans and their infinite wisdom decided it would be super fun shits and giggles to draw me into a district with my neighbor and my friend and my colleague in the house and my past colleague on the city council, Representative Doug Stoner, who currently represents District 40. Um, On January 2nd, Representative Stoner announced that he was not going to be qualifying to run for the house again. So I am now not going to have to have a campaign against a colleague, which would be brutal and awful and is really not something I had any pleasure or looked forward to at all. It was going to be, it was just awful. It was, you know, it's like a lot of folks in Smyrna are like, we would rather just continue having both of y'all in the house, right? So he is going to probably be announcing soon what his next step is going to be. Meanwhile, we're both going to be finishing out our terms through 2024 and Meanwhile, there is still a socialist who has announced that he is also going to be running against me in the primary for HD 42. Socialists, as we know, are not Democrats, but he will be in the Democratic primary. And um, so there is still that. I still have a primary race, but it's going to be a much different kind of primary than it would have been had I been in the position of you know, having to make the decision whether or not I was going to have to run against a colleague. I will say that I am glad this happened. First, is very classy of Doug Stoner to do that. Um, fun fact, Doug Stoner used to be in the state Senate, and he used to represent SD6, um, and he actually was a victim of redistricting 
The last time around yes. where there was a purposeful attempt to oust him, um, which did, in fact, happen. So he he is a veteran to these fights and knows how painful um, they can be. So it really was classy that he did that. The second thing is really kind of an individual thing, which is it is really going to save a lot of hurt to my pocketbook. Um, and I really, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I really appreciate that, Doug Stoner, because yes. I was like, yes, Terry. I will. We're going to max out. We're going to do whatever we can do, right? And I was I just, just the like, same thing. Oh, Terry, what are we going to do? So How are we going to do it? You can still do that. You can yeah. still do it. No, no. <laughs> I still have a primary. <laughs> but I mean, I know that must take the weight I off. I mean, you. he's a socialist, so he won't raise any money, will he, or spend any? Because they don't really do that, right? Isn't that the way it works? I don't know. It's a lot. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's okay. just a relief. And it's so nice when I read that and I saw that that came across. I was so happy. But this isn't necessarily the case for some of the other districts. There's going to be a lot of changes, a lot of pain, a lot of stress. And we're going into the session. So when this is dropping, it's like session time. So what's the vibe going to be at the at the Capitol? I mean, I think Jen put it best in her quote to Axios. And Jen, if you'd like Thanks to do a for dramatic, the shout out, we a got a shout out in Axios. Thank you, Thomas yes. Wheatley. Yes. Well, look, I have said this from for many years because really we've been in this perpetual kind of battle. It's that once folks start to see an opening, um, and specifically here on the Republican side, right, you see a governor who is there's not going to be an incumbent governor again, right? And so all of a sudden, you you start to see everybody making the play one way or the other. And they're all ambitious, and they all think that they should be the next governor of the state of Georgia. Um, doesn't matter if they can, you know, read or like do anything for real. It's just that they all are a bunch of dudes who think they should be the next governor of Georgia. And for whatever reason, the voters tend to agree in the, the great state of Georgia, as long as you just say go dogs and say you love football. So sorry, that was a little bit of a rant, but well, it really re is like a uh, reading, reading is essential. Is, is essential. It, it is essential. So it's one of those things where you you start to see all the machinations, right? And then you also start to see, well, who's aligned with who? Because you have to kind of pick early. You have to say, okay, where where am I putting my money on which which candidate? How's it going to work? Um, because once you choose, I mean, the other people you're in trouble, right? Like you're, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play the game. So this is definitely, there's going to be a lot of intrigue, mainly on the Republican side, I have to say. It's much oh, yeah. more interesting there. Now, we have the issue, of course, Terry, you've got two Democratic colleagues that are running against each other. And so what do you think right. about that in terms of a matchup? I think that, Jen, you're talking about the Syrah Draper and the Becky Evans pairing. And I think that is going to be one where it's going to be it's really hard to make any predictions because neither one of those women should be underestimated. I mean, Becky Evans, we can't forget, she unseated a longtime incumbent when she ran in the primary against Howard Mosby. This was in 2018. In the 20, it was. Yeah, now, 2018 election. Was Mosby in, in leadership at the time? He had been at some uh, point, I think. I, I think so. I know he had been. I, well, I, th I think he, and I think he was chairing the DeKalb delegation at the time. I mean, he was right. a very... 
very connected, very well known, very well known person. And it was a big, it was a big upset when Becky Evans and she worked her, took us off, um, knocking on doors and retail politics. She is very connected with, with her district. So, but her new district now is mostly Syrah Draper's current district. Now, Syrah Draper is also not to be underestimated. That is, it used to be HD 89. I can't remember the number now, but the person who had that seat immediately before Syrah was B. Wynn. Immediately before B, B's predecessor was Stacey Abrams. So it is a strong Democratic district. It is a district that is probably more progressive like than my strong Democratic district out here in Cobb County. And it was a pretty crowded field. And Syrah, you know, there were I think four or five people maybe in the in the original primary, one of whom was endorsed by Fair Fight. That was not Syra, even though Syra has really made her reputation and her career being an expert, and she's an attorney and an expert in in voting rights. And so Syra made it into the runoff. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of progressive organizations endorsed the other candidate in the runoff. Syra beat that candidate because her work, you know, really spoke for itself and she worked hard. She did the retail politics. She was connected with the community and she had a name and a reputation for being an advocate for voting rights. So that is going to be one that I think is, is going to be, is going to be a tough one. Both, um, both of those women have, you know, strong relationships in the house democratic caucus. Of course, I think that, you know, the, but the caucus and the state party are going to remain neutral on this. Uh, but it is that's going to be a, a really tough one. Now, the other pairing with the Democrats was Greg Kennard and Sam Park out in Gwinnett County. And Greg Kennard also announced on January 2nd that he was not going to be seeking reelection. And then in terms of the Republican pairing with Beth Camp and David Knight, I am not I haven't heard anything about that. With Republican pairings, it's a little bit different because typically the party will make sure that one of the candidates has a soft place to land through an appointment or something. And, and it would not surprise me if we saw some kind of an appointment happen for one of those folks. That's going to be really interesting. Uh, it just sucks that you, you have to pit people against each other who are on the same team. It just, and look, it, it is, it gets personal. I mean, I think yeah. that's why, you know, I think that's why Terry really was bummed, right? About having to run against yeah. Doug because you can like who you're running against and, and you can right. be- believe in a lot of kind of the, the, the larger, bigger picture things. But at the end of the day, it is a competition. And y'all know when people are competing, it gets ugly. It doesn't matter if you like the other person on the other side, because ultimately it's about winning and, and that's what you're going to do. So it it's a rough, the becky Syra pairing is rough. Becky rough. can't be underestimated in terms of working, but let me no. tell you something, Syra can't either. No. And, 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 and just great. To, right. And just to, to comment, like there were a lot of these progressive organizations that didn't back her. And I just want to uh, kind of be clear with respect to that some of that was some personal yes bs yes. going on and really had nothing to do with Sarah as a person a lawyer a voting rights advocate and so um you know the fact that she came out of that without the backing of of everybody who everybody says you have to have the backing right of, the the progressive juggernauts 
I, I think that that tells you a lot in terms of exactly who she is. So Agreed. It, it will be interesting and it is going to be super, super hard. Yeah, it's interesting. I, well, the last time I saw Syrah, I was with you, Jen, when we went to that Labor Day picnic with the labor unions. Right. She had her little kids there. Poor she kid all got her sick. Kids. Oh, my the God. The kid got Poor sick. It was, a whole yeah. th- it was a whole thing. But, you know, she was still there with her sick kid. And she's like, I'm here for you, everybody. You know, so it was very impressive juggling. Right. And, and she really, I mean, she at the time had no clue she was going to be drawn in and, and probably would not have drawn a primary challenger, but she was still showing up. And also, I don't think a lot of people realize that um, girlfriend is has got some some major credentials. She went to Georgetown Law School. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was at Jones Day, which is one of the most prominent law firms internationally. Um, and she chose to step down from that firm specifically to do um you know, voting rights were with the Democratic Party to elect Democrats. Um, And, you know, I've heard John Ossoff credit her and the work that the voting rights protection folks did as one of the reasons that he was able to to succeed definitely in the runoff. So, um, you know, I that's just it. You go back and forth and say, and, and I think it goes right back around to what Terry said, which is you should not underestimate either um, one of those women. All right. Well, let's see what happens with all of that. Certainly, that's going to be a big topic of discu- discussion as session gets going. Also want to talk about this has been happening for over the past couple of days is these swatting incidents. Um, and this is really troubling because it's not just happening in Georgia. It's happening everywhere. Jen, explain Swatting. So what swatting is, and what's interesting, it can it can be for different reasons, right? It can be just to disrupt, you know, to kind of cause chaos or whatever. But basically what swatting is, is somebody calls and says, somebody calls 911 and says, for example, I'm at my house. Um, my boyfriend just took a gun out and said he was going to shoot me in the head. I'm hiding in the closet. Please, please come. Um, the police then flood, you know, go to the house to save the person who said they're in danger um, and with guns drawn. And of course, embarrassment can ensue chaos, but it can also be dangerous because you can see a situation, especially in Georgia, where everybody owns a gun, that if all of a sudden there are armed people coming to your door and you have no idea what's going on, you're likely to take your gun out. And if you take your gun out and really it's police and they have this whole idea that that you are hurting or going to harm somebody, you can see a situation that that really could end up in someone getting shot or hurt. Um, but we've also seen it at the schools, Mayor. It's happened at, at your son's school. Yeah, it happened uh, a few months ago uh, at Midtown High. And there was something that went out on social media saying that there was going to be a mass shooting that day. And it was really scary and it was intense. And, you know, kids now with social media, they're all up in it. And it was like first thing in the morning. Hey, mom and dad, there's talk of a shooting at the school today. They didn't close down the school, but it was limited. They basically said, hey, if you're if you don't want to send your kids to school today, it'll be an excused absence. But the panic and fear. And it turns out this was a coordinated like social media thing that happened nationwide. It was sort of a copycat situation. And, you know, but but we're now that we're and I'm wondering and I'm pointing this to you, Terry, 
like here now you're going into the state house and this happened in several other states uh, over the past couple of days. And why do you think this is happening? I, I think it is to sow chaos. It's interesting because it has been in, in Georgia, at least it has been mostly Republicans, but it is there's also been a Democrat who has been swatted. Uh, uh, Senator Kim Jackson was swatted. She was watching a movie with her spouse and child and she saw you know, police officers with long guns hopping the fence into, into her house. And she knew wow, immediately. I didn't know that. What, yeah, she knew immediately what was going on. So she walked outside with her hands up and she was like, I'm Senator Kim Jackson. I think I'm probably being swatted. You know, I'm not armed. Uh, it happened to Kay Kirkpatrick here in Cobb County. It happened to Senator John Albers, who's a Republican. He's represents part of Cobb, but he um, and he was not there. But his son, his grown, his adult son was there watching the dogs and and uh, Gabriel Sterling, <laughs> yes, I, I Gabe, saw it happen to him. I think Gabe Sterling was was swatted. It is, it it it's definitely scary. You know, like I think you know, and I know that we have you know in our Smyrna police and Cobb police, they've been very responsive and communicative with regards to the swatting. Just you know, they've reached out to all of us in the delegation. I don't know what's happening in other counties or jurisdictions, but I know that in Cobb, they've been very proactive to make sure that if any calls come in, they kind of know. If, if they realize that it's one of our addresses, they, they have a number. So, you know, they, they can kind of do some back end in, investigating before they send the tanks down my cul-de-sac, basically. They, they pick up the bat phone and they say, exactly. hey, Terry, is yes, somebody I, in your house? Is somebody in your house? Is this actually <laughs> happening? Uh, blink twice if you're not safe. No. So, but it is scary because, yeah, like we had, you know, I can think about like, like we, you know, when we were out of town and we had a dog sitter here, it's like, what happens if someone decides to swap my house and the poor dog sitter, like, do I have to include hazard pay in, in what, you know, this it is, but, but I do think, and, and, and we don't know yet who's responsible, but I, but I do think that it is difficult to point a finger in any one direction because there are so many different entities and actors who want to sow chaos. Uh, you know, they want there to be fear. They want there to be chaos. And it is, you know, what's, it, it, it's, it's a horrifying thing to think about doing to someone because the consequences can be so deadly. And also it's just traumatic to put someone through that, to put someone's children through that, to put some, you know, oh, to yeah. Put some, yeah. Not well, only that, awful. but think about if armed police, like, especially if you're talking about people in the black community, I mean, oh, in yeah. terms of the relationship yeah. with police yeah. officers, somebody literally kicks your door down with long guns. I mean, it's freaky. It is just a recipe well, for, it is. And for, it really, for people getting hurt. Oh, yeah. And it can destabilize your whole community. Like I joke about, you know, the tank rolls down my cul-de-sac, but like, what does that do to my neighbors? I mean, that doesn't, you're not going to want to, it makes it basically one of the things it's doing is it's making, it's further disincentivizing people to serve in public office. You know, if you know that you may be the cause of a SWAT truck coming down your street, um, if you know that you may be the reason why your house gets targeted just by crazy random people in general, if you know that this is one more thing you're going to have to deal with if you run for public office. It further disincentivizes sane, normal people who are committed to their communities from running for office. And look, I, I haven't even, my experience thinking about or reading about swatting wasn't even when it was used to, you know, go after public figures. Right. That's kind of this new, it's like, it's like the new joke, right? The new mm -hmm. way to get at people. Um, but it 
it really does undermine the public safety kind of safety net too, because then you are taking away officers who need to be actually responding to real threats. Um, and then totally. also, if there are enough swatting incidents, maybe you even, to some extent, if I'm a do if I'm an officer, am I just going to be like, oh, well, this isn't a big deal, and then I just approach things in a way I shouldn't approach, right? Like, right. Oh yeah. So the boy who cried people wolf. need to understand that right. this is this is not this is I don't care who you are, it isn't doing what you think it's doing, and um, you know, and maybe you're just trying to get some giggles. My guess is. And I know I'm not trying to minimize, but it, it really is one of these things where it's just intended to sow chaos. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just not worth it. Uh, the juice is just not worth the squeeze. Right. It's terrible. Uh, it's it's, it's it for everybody involved. And at the Capitol, interesting, like, I don't think that big giant fence that was erected uh, is going to help <laughs> when there's a bomb threat, go, you know, going on. I mean, these things are, are are really intense and really scary. And I can only imagine what it's like as an elected official. I mean, that day that happened at Charlie School, I mean, I was in a panic. I was freaking, because, you know, as a parent, your biggest worry is the school shooting. Like, sorry, it's not a book. It's not a curriculum. It's, is my kid going to be safe at, school today. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and yeah. But you you think the same thing, and I'm sure Terry's felt this too. Like, we've had active shooter training with respect to the yeah. Senate. And I am always, when I was in the Senate, I was always vigilant about who was on the floor, who was around, um, you know, Scary. It's a very scary thing. Oh, yeah. I've got my exit plan from the House floor. But also, again, it's like with, with the swatting, it's scary knowing like if if, you know, my husband and I go out to dinner and our, my teenage daughter is here, is that a good idea to leave her here yeah. alone in case that's the moment when somebody decides, oh, I, you know, we'll work our way down the alphabet and we'll get to her now. It's, it, you know, it's just a very, it's a, it, it's a very discomforting thing to know that, that, and again, that's the point, right? That's the point. That, that's what their intent, that, that's the intent. That's the point. It's terrorism. It's domestic yeah. terrorism. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It, it really well, is. It really obviously, is. they're going to have to put some some uh, things in place. And I wonder if that's coming up in session, if somebody brings out a bill or a resolution or something, just to oh. say, like, is there, there consequences about that? Because there's already if, consequences. I, there's already, yes, but the, yeah, I there's mean, already consequences. I'm sure there will be a bill. It will mostly be a messaging bill. But what they'll probably do is fit into that bill something about mandatory minimums, something about you know, taking away Someone's judicial gonna be discretion. executed by, uh, yeah, like, no, there shooting. Will, yeah, there will be like, bills. if you do a SWAT, like, especially yeah. if it's a state senator or state It's oh my like, God. yeah. Like, Any opportunity the Republicans can take to further walk back the criminal justice reforms that were put into place by Republican Governor Nathan Deal, they're going to take those opportunities. They are especially with the leadership that's oh, currently, yeah. especially yeah. in the state Senate. I mean, and especially during an election year. So all these folks can go back in their primaries because they're, you know, just like a lot of us are getting primaried from the left. They're going to be primaried from the far, far, far nether regions of the right. And they're going to have regions. to prove that they are tough on crime. <laughs> Okay. Um, I was dying to talk about this next topic because it absolutely just, it, uh, you know, I was blowing up both of your texts on vacation. Nobody responded to me because you two were on fabulous vacations. And I, I was, was, I was. <laughs> Keep going. So, Keep going. 
So um, we're in the New Hampshire primaries and all the Republican candidates are out there and they're just, they're, they're, you know, they're hawking their wares. And Nikki Haley does this press conference and someone asked her about the Civil War and she, which was kind of a, I, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you heard it. She was asked about the Civil War and she gave this like word salad of like states' rights and freedoms. And the person was like, here right. we are. In what 20 was mm-hmm. the cause of the Civil War? Right. Oh, my God. And the person who asked the question said, um, it's amazing in the year 2023 that you can't say slavery was the cause of the Civil War. And then she said, slavery, I'm, I'm not going there. And then she later went on to say, this was a gotcha question. Question. This was a plant. I want to talk about, okay, what that says about the state of South Carolina and the state of this country today that you can't even give that answer. And then the whole thing with the gotcha question, because the first thing that I thought of, it's like, hey, when Katie Couric asked Sarah Palin of what she reads, that wasn't a gotcha question. <laughs> it was just... Well, well, for those who don't know how to read, Mara, again, let's go back to what <laughs> I said originally. Reading. Yes, yes. They, they do view that as a gotcha, but that's neither here nor there. Keep going, keep going. So this just completely... It absolutely blew me away on every level. And then I feel like the double down, the triple down, the quadruple down, um, it just kept making it worse and worse and worse and worse. So I want to know, I want your both of your feedback on all those points that I brought up. So it is fascinating to have an 18, almost 19 year old son who is really interested in politics and um, history and reads a lot and knows a lot. And it's fascinating, right? Just to listen to him and have conversations with him. And he's a Democrat, right? I mean, I birthed him. I, I don't think that I could do anything else, but it is what it is. Um, but he got brought up at dinner one night about it. And I was like, yeah, that was like such a misstep. And he was like, what's the big deal? He said, of course she thinks it's slavery. Um, like he said, I, you know, I, I, I didn't really that wasn't what I thought when I heard it, like that, that she was trying to say that slavery was not a part of it. And I told him, I was just like, I had a very different read on it, which was, it's almost like she's so used to running in South Carolina and in these Republican strongholds that it's like the stuff you cannot say. Right. Right. And, and, and so you talk about like, um, uh, you do talk about federalism or we don't want the, the federal government coming in and telling us what to do. It was about uh, economic, you know, freedoms, all this kind of stuff. This is what States they say. Rights. States yeah. rights. It's like she's got this whole thing that 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 she's so used to saying in South Carolina that she just couldn't get her head out of her ass to say, yes, it's about slavery. What, you know, maybe the slavery part, it, you know, fed into all the rest of this stuff. Yeah, they didn't want the, the federal government telling them they couldn't have slaves. Yeah, they wanted to use humans to make money and also so they wouldn't have to labor. Um, but it, it's like she she's just so programmed into that Republican speak and that specifically Southern Republican speak that I think she probably was a little shaken by how quickly there was a clapback on that. Well, I think she thought it was probably a pretty friendly audience. And you're right. I think it's she is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think she's a Republican. Like, but yeah, because my, my immediate takeaway after I read about this was like, who is she afraid of offending? 
right? Like which part of the primary base is she concerned that she's going to turn off a voting for Nikki Haley if she acknowledges that, yeah, the Civil War was because of slavery? And that, I think, is what is so troubling about it. I'm sure she knows that the Civil War is about slavery. I'm, I'm certain, there's no doubt in my mind that she knows exactly what the causes are of the Civil War. And yeah, you can say it's about states' rights, but it was about the state's rights to own people. Enslaved people. Right. It was right. A, that, that's that's the whole thing. Right. And so, thing. so who, who was she afraid of offending? And that I think is what is so concerning is that you've got, you know, the, the pervasive specter of Donald Trump that looms over, like who lives rent-free in these people's brains. And he's looming over every answer they give to every question, including softball questions about what caused the Civil War. So yeah, she the reason she didn't say slavery is because for whatever reason, she is afraid of offending a bunch of Confederate racists, which is absurd. And she should be ashamed of herself because it's ridiculous. Well, and that's just it. Because in my mind, I'm like, are there enough of these Uncle KKKs out there right. that she thinks she they make up that. enough of a... Of, but 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 she's already look if you're if you're really like a hater like you really are like the the war of southern independence and all that Guga stuff. The South will rise again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> give me give me an effing break, right? That was treasonous then. Those people should not have been pardoned. They were, and look what we got so many years later. I mean, yeah, but, we, we but, still have that. But 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 the question to me is. Does she know something we don't know that that, that they are such a significant right? block? Right. And then like, also, what is she the doesn't polling? have any cred any with them anyway because she was part of changing the South Carolina flag. So they already think she's some kind of traitor, you know, to the mm-hmm. the war, of, you know, for gentility or whatever the hell it was. But my whole thing with the, with that was she has to get. If she's going to be that moderate voice, right? If we, we, we know she's not, okay? But at the same time, we're thinking, okay, if Trump in 2024 is a threat to democracy and, and people just can't stomach that, and she could be the savior of, of, or, or someone who at least we may not agree with her, but we know that she's going to honor the Constitution and she's going to be of service for the most part and not be a complete crazy person, what we're used to. But... Th- She's trying to get some new people. She's trying to get people who are on the fence. Like I was talking to, I'll give you an example. My mother-in-law, who is like a a, a, a more right-leaning Democrat, right? She can't take all the Trump. She's a good Catholic. She couldn't, she can't stomach in it anymore. But she said to me over the holiday, she's like, you know what? This was before the slavery comment. I could probably vote for Nikki Haley if it were Biden. And Haley, you know, I really like who she is. So, uh, but now, so those- And she's not 80. Exactly. Those are the kind of people that I think Nikki Haley needs to court, not the uh, the MAGA people who she would already get. So this is this is what I have been waiting to tell y'all. So I think you're you're right. And I think that there is I know Biden's folks are all chilled and stuff, but I think that there is a lot more going on there, kind of like what you were talking about, Mara. And why do I know this or think this? Because and Terry knows this, when you are running for office, you do not deploy 
funds um, in terms of digital messaging or commercials or fundraising, anything, unless you think that there's an ROI, a return on that investment, right? So you have data people that are crunching data all the time and telling you these are the people you need to target. I have been getting multiple text messages from Nikki Haley asking me to look at videos, asking me to give money, asking me to look at at what she believes in. So my guess is that the profile of who I am, a woman in the suburbs of Atlanta, uh, white, right, 40s, 50s, um, you know, children, uh, professional, all that kind of stuff, that they are seeing within those ranks a, a, a significant softness with respect to Biden. And really what I know in terms of, of the people who supported me in that district and who helped flip that district initially, um, they are soft, right? And and they helped get Biden over the line last time. And if that's soft and Nikki Haley is able to get it over the line in terms of the Republican primary and be- become the nominee, Biden's got significant, significant issues in Georgia, I think. And have y'all been getting text messages? I, I, oh, this yeah. Is, this is, this is, oh, have okay. you, Terry? Uh, oh, From Nikki? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't get, get yeah, Nikki. I have. I don't know why, but I do. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. that's so, so weird. We're that same profile, right? Mm-hmm. That's fascinating to me. Well, I didn't you. make the you, cut for Nikki. Well, I didn't you make live the cut. In the, the progressive cave, right? That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, so she, um, I, I, I just, well, and it's like I see some of the Republican, like if I can think of an, a Republican women, woman that is a big supporter of hers, and that is uh, one of Jen's friends, Alyssa Farrah Griffin, who she was on CNN with a couple of times, who I love on, on The View. And she... She's very thin and very young, and so um, I'm not sure I can be friends with her, but whatever. <laughs> so, no, she, you said she was nice to you. Oh, my God. She was lovely. Let me... I'm not... I'm I'm just being a little snarky middle-aged yes. woman. Whatever. But but even she was just saying like that was a horrific comment that Nikki Haley made and she doesn't agree with it and that was a misstep, but she's still riding hard for Nikki Haley because it is the best alternative to all the rest of them. And and I don't know. I just I don't know. Well, and if you see, it's been interesting. We this wasn't on our our list to talk about, but I think it does dovetail with respect to what you're saying with Alyssa. There was the um, the article that was pushed out by Alyssa, and then a couple of the other Trump White House women, you know, staffers, high level staffers, who basically are like, "This is an existential moment." Um, he cannot be president again. And we we witnessed what was happening and let is is way worse than you could ever even know. And so we we have got to step up and do something. And I think that is part of kind of the push to get behind Haley as well. Wow. All right. Yeah. It was just crazy though. Saying it's a gotcha question though is just, I mean, bitch, please. Come on. A gotcha question is what happens. It's what you say when you've basically just been asked a question that you don't want to answer. It's not that you don't know the answer. It's not that you don't, it's just, you don't like what the answer is going to be for whatever reason. And I think Nikki Haley knew that she didn't want to answer a question that might make the racist unhappy with her. Yeah, or just I to bring it right. up. I mean, I think, uh, yeah. I think you were right, Terry, that she thought this was just a friendly crowd. She probably hadn't thought mm-hmm. about the Confederacy since she left South Carolina, right? That's right. She ain't thinking anything. And then uh, you just click back into that 
whatever that learned messaging mode. But you can tell how significant or how bad that they thought the optics were on that by how quickly her campaign came back. Damage control everywhere. immediately said, this was a gotcha question, like you said. Like, of course she believes it's slavery. She was just kind of expounding, kind of like what my son was saying, who was giving her kind of the benefit of the doubt to say, look, I'm not, I just don't assume she's this big racist person. I mean, but after everything we've been through, I don't think we can assume anything about no. about anybody. No, and, and well, and her campaign took the opportunity to pivot back to, I think what they probably have as their big bullet point for, you know, Confederacy. And that is that Nikki Haley was governor when South Carolina removed the Confederate battle flag from the state capitol grounds. And yes, that is true that she was governor when they took down the battle flag, like in the year of our Lord, what, like 2012 or something, like pretty recently. And Terry, we haven't been much better, but no, the Georgia flag is still technically kind of a Confederate flag. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. But, but, you know, but that's her talking point and that's what she wanted to focus on. But it's like, well, that's like, yay, you did the bare minimum by taking the Confederate battle flag bare off of minimum. the Capitol grounds, like good on you. Uh, but meanwhile, no, I mean, no, I agree with your son that, yes, yeah, of course, she knows what causes civil war. But I think the, the bigger what concerns me more is who she was trying not to right. offend. Right. That's yeah, the bigger like question. It. And is there something we don't know in terms of just how right. large the white supremacist voting bloc is Correct. in the Republican 100%. Party? 100 percent. OK, well, uh, we by the way, so to to dear listener, Apologies that we did not get that last uh, naughty or nice episode up before the holidays. I think we all just got wrapped up in life. There were too many naughty people. We couldn't handle it. <laughs> Way too couldn't many. It didn't Way happen. We, we didn't people. want to be negative like that going into 2024. But we are here to tell you that we are going to be consistent for this year because we all, the three of us love each other and we get excited to talk to each other. So let's combine what are we raving about with what did we do over vacation, Terry? Okay, so I am raving about, hmm, what am I raving about? I am raving about the fact that I hit my reading goal for 2023 and I'm looking forward to reading. I read about 56 books last year. and. That doesn't count all the issues of The New Yorker that I read, too, which I feel like should count for something. I feel like when you're doing your book reading tally, every three issues of The Atlantic or The New Yorker should equal like one book. I think that's fair. Maybe I maybe I can make that, that role because yep. any reading goal is totally arbitrary. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I am looking forward to getting into some new books for 2024. And uh, yeah, holiday. We we were here. We kept it. We kept it pretty low key, which was nice. We ate fondue. I made beef Wellingtons. We went up to Northern Virginia, D.C. area to visit my in-laws. And now we are back and school started today. And my son heads back to school on Monday, the same day I head back to the Capitol. Jen? So what I'm raving about is that I have raised children who give me good gifts. And I really like that. 
it. I'm, y'all know the love language thing. Mm-hmm. My love language is gift giving. And unfortunately, that is not my husband's love language. So oh, he's always kind of falling down a little bit on that. Not so my children. Um, so I am raving about the gifts they gave me because they really showed that they know me. They um, love me and appreciate me. And I love them so much. And we went to the, the Cayman Islands, which I had never been to. And wow. It's 22 miles long. It's gorgeous. It's got great food. And um, I was really impressed. And and that takes a lot with me because normally I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but great vacation and really good way to reset to get ready for 2024, which, y'all, is going to be incredible. It has to be, right? We are going to think it and, and will it into existence. Okay, so I had more of a chill holiday. Um, I'm raving about the Atlanta Botanical Garden because the the lights were spectacular, and I'm and they won a, that contest. I'm yeah. a little bit of a Grinch, but it blew me away. We went on Christmas Eve, and that was so much fun. And I was with family, and I didn't go anywhere, so I spent a lot of time consuming content. And for me, I do listen to a lot of books. I'm like super. I've did a couple of those. Um, like some smart, some dumb, like the Paris Hilton um, autobiography, which happens to be pretty great, you guys. I know, I know, I can't believe I liked it. Um, But I'm raving about, and this is what I want you guys to get excited about, the new True Detective Night Country, which is coming out on January 14th. I was able to see a screener because I get these screeners because of my job. And this is going to be Jodie Foster's year, man. I'm raving about Jodie Foster. Oh, it's so I'm feeling, good. I'm feeling like this is a full circle moment for me because, you know, the whole reason I ended up going to law school was because I watched Silence of the Lambs and I wanted is to be that there. right? I wanted to be Clarice Starling. And so I remember calling my local FBI office saying, how do I become an FBI officer? And the guy was like, yeah, you probably need to be a lawyer. And I was like, oh, OK. Like <laughs> literally because no lawyers in my family, nobody had a clue. Right. My mom was pregnant at 18. So, you know, I can thank Jodie Foster and the Silence of the Lambs for that. So maybe this is, this is, this is a good thing, right? Well, that is full circle. Well, you guys are going to be blown away by it. She's fantastic. The whole cast is great, but it's a great show. Otherwise, um, yeah, so that's what I'm raving about this week. Terry, we're excited to hear all your updates from the Capitol. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm nervous because of all the kooky, things that we're going to, you know, it's like, are we all going to have to, is someone going to propose a, a, a bill that we all have to wear handmaid's tail outfits? Let uh, me, I just want to end with a story I heard about Terry. Um, oh, in terms of something that was shared with me. And I'm sure she's heard this story because I think it's true. But um, after the maps came out, uh, Representative Anulowitz was not happy, as we know, Mara, and approached a group of Republican men, because they're all Republican men, right, and basically tapped one on the shoulder and and announced to the group, um, well, fellas, you could have at least uh, bought me dinner before uh, before you screwed me, Um, and then walked away. So, uh, we're on the true. street that That's the Republicans, true. and I, and I think I use like nice language too. Um, so I think the word on the street was, we think Terry's really mad at us. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, I am. And I'll probably be coming back. So, you know, 
it all comes back to that old lady in Game of Thrones and I'll make sure they know it was me. Who knows what it will be? We don't know. We don't know. I don't know yet. It's all up to my imagination. That's um, right. But I have to tell you that That's story right. is such a turn on. I can't even <laughs> like I'm so turned on right now. As Paris Hilton would say, that's hot. (laughs) Ladies, we will talk to you next week. Thank you, Christina Loringer, for always doing a great job producing. Thank you. Please leave us. We did get some Apple reviews, by the way. So thank you so much. So go on there and look at it and leave us another one. I'll remember to read one next week because we got a good one. Um, But thank you so much. And Terry, good luck. (laughs) What, Jen? Yeah, you're like one good review. We got one review. Was it you, Jen? No, it wasn't me. (laughs) But you're like, I'll read the one. I'm like, wow, (laughs) we are crushing it. It's one more (laughs) review than we had before we had it. So that's all very positive. 